The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Is there any chance that Bill O'Brien decides to fire Bill O'Brien? Right. I mean, they scored six points in the first half with Bill O'Brien as the self-appointed play caller. You would think. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. You would think. I'm Will Brinson. You would think that we were joking about Bill O'Brien getting fired. We were. That was our Sunday recap, Sunday week four recap podcast. When the Houston Texans fell, you can tell by the change in my voice. Uh, 31-23, the Texans fell to the Minnesota Vikings, falling to 0-4. Uh, in fact, while writing Sorting the Sunday Pile, my weekly column, um, I spent uh, like three hours looking at that game and a thousand words writing about the Texans and what might hold, what the future hold for the Texans. Before I could turn it in, Bill O'Brien was fired. This is the Emergency Pick 6 podcast. As we break down, myself, John Breach, and Ryan Wilson, we look at Bill O'Brien, fired not just as head coach of the Houston Texans, but also as general manager. So he did not fire himself. Cal McNair fired both Bill O'Brien, the head coach, and Bill O'Brien, the GM. You know what's funny? Well, even though we, you guys, we had that opening clip where obviously we all thought this was a possibility, I, I still thought it was shocking to do it at this point because – before this season started, I think we were all assuming that the Texans would start off 0-3. They had the Chiefs, they had the Ravens, they had the Steelers. So best case, best case scenario, they're 1-3 and after four weeks. Uh, they're, uh, overruled pass in the end zone against the Vikings on Sunday from being 1-3. and You know, it was called a touchdown in the final seconds and they overturned incomplete Vikings win. Now they're 0-4. So I just think it's interesting to make a mid-season firing after you just promoted him to general manager. He just got the general manager job in January, coming off of two playoff appearances, two straight playoff appearances as a coach. Uh, so, you know, I did feel like the team was kind of losing faith in him. And I don't know what Bill O'Brien was thinking on Friday or Saturday that, hey, look, I don't think I have enough jobs in this organization. I'm going to make myself offensive coordinator too. Uh, well, when you have three jobs, coach, general manager, offensive coordinator, all the pressure's on you. And if you don't produce, you're the fall guy. You can't, you can't pick a fall guy. You can't fire your offensive coordinator or your GM or your head coach because you're all three. So in that sense, you know, I, I see why the Texans did what they did. See, this uh-huh. is why I won't, I, I feel like it's better for you to do the pick six podcast newsletter breach because you know, if you do have to do multiple jobs, you're not going to be as good at like each job. <laughs> That's why it works out better for me not to do the newsletter and to host the podcast. Uh, Ryan, it was subscribe June... to the newsletter. Oh, that, I meant to plug the newsletter. Yeah. Go to, uh, cbssports.com slash newsletter 
I think that's right. Newsletters, click on the pick six link and subscribe. Breach is writing it every day. Please support John Breach, our super friend buddy, by subscribing to this newsletter. You support the podcast if you do it. It, if you're like, it, it'll just show up and you, you read it every morning. It'd be a daily uh, dose of NFL football. It won't so get June there till, 7th, it won't get there till 2 p.m. That's right. December 31st, 2013 is when Bill O'Brien news, cbssports.com slash newsletters. Excuse me. Uh, Bill O'Brien was hired on Christmas Eve in 2013. On June 7th, 2019, um, Brian Gain was fired as general manager. Gain had replaced Rick Smith, who along with, um, Miss, the, the late McNair, uh, owner had helped hire Bill O'Brien. Cal McNair took over. And Rick Smith uh, left because his wife was ill. So that's why he stepped away. Yes. There, yes, that is correct. Um, Brian Bob McNair, the the old owner, died in November 2018. Correct. Bob McNair died in 2018. There were some rumblings about how it would be handled. Cal McNair took over as chairman and CEO. Um, so Cal McNair then fired Brian Gain. They brought in Jack Easterby, who was the Patriots chaplain. And now, and then, uh, what, what was the date that Bill O'Brien was actually named general manager? January of this year. So January 2020, they named Bill O'Brien the official acting general manager. And then on October 5th, 2020, Bill O'Brien fired by both Jack Easterby, not fired. I mean, <laughs> that so, is a timeline. Yeah, a couple things. Breach mentions um, sort of sort of weird that all the jobs that he was taking on. Uh, Jason Lockenford tweeted this out shortly after uh, Bill O'Brien was fired. He'd been clashing with prominent players at practice, as reported on Sunday, JLC did. Taking over play-calling duties was his last attempt to salvage things. Clearly, that did not work out. Jack Easterby is in charge of the organization um, with O'Brien out as GM and head coach. We know that part already. Also, every podcast, I, I always bring up Jim Caldwell, 97 and back-to-back years. <laughs> well, guess what? Uh, Bill O'Brien went 10 and 6 at 11 and 5 back to back years, and he's out of a job, uh, because of that 0 and 4 start, but also because, as we've noted millions of times and since he was hired as general manager in January, you can't do both jobs. It, it's just not in this day and age. And I don't know what his resume, where on his resume it, it shows that he would probably be good at being a general manager in addition to being a head coach, in addition to calling plays as he did and, and their loss there that cost him his job. Uh, at the end of the day. And, you know, I think a lot of this falls on Cal McNair. Maybe he didn't want to be owner. Maybe he liked it when his dad ran things and he did whatever his role was with the organization. But you can't have Bill O'Brien doing everything. And I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't want to say Bill O'Brien has a history of not getting along with, with players, but, um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins wasn't happy when he left. And maybe that was a, a confluence of events. And clearly the players here weren't happy. And one of the issues that players weren't happy about reportedly, I don't know if JLC reported this or someone else did. The Earl, the Earl Thomas thing, like they, he wanted to bring in Earl Thomas, and the players like, no, we don't want Earl Thomas. And I think it's a clear indication when the Ravens are like a, a very stable organization, like you know what, we're better off without Earl Thomas. And then Bill O'Brien's knee jerk reaction is, well, let's bring him in and see what happens. So I, I would say that it reminds me a little bit of Chip Kelly's situation in Philadelphia, in the sense that, uh, by the way, both were hired in 2013, part of the same coaching class, I think. Isn't that right? Because yeah, Andy Reid was fired in. After the 2013 season? Am I crazy? That's correct. No. Chip Kelly's first year was 2013. Oh, you're right, because Andy Reid jumped in 2013. O'Brien's first full season in Houston was 2014. Carry on. Ignore that point. But I do think that the the situations are similar in the fact that um, 
Chip Kelly, the coach, was actually pretty good at, at Philadelphia. Chip Kelly, the GM, a total disaster. And I think the same can apply to Bill O'Brien. He was a good coach. He won a bunch of football games. He won a division title with Brian Hoyer. He won a division title with Brock Osweiler. But if you look at the personnel moves that Bill O'Brien made from the minute that Brian Gain was fired, it is up and down disastrous and like, I mean, chump level stuff, like basic, like, like you could give your a copy of Madden to your seven year old cousin and he wouldn't make them. Um, let's start two months after, uh, they, after the uh, gain was fired, he trades, uh, for Laramie Tunsil from the Dolphins for a first round pick in the 2020 NFL draft. And then this upcoming first round pick and second round pick. Um, th- so here's that the is thing. a problem. What's Trade that? for Laramie Tunsil, not terrible. Fine. The terms of the deal, horrific. Horrific. Trades all those picks for Laramie Tunsil. You give up. Now, they are 0-4. Just fired their head coach. Look like they're lost on offense and defense. And their number one pick, which is like right now, if the season ended, would be a top five pick, uh, is going to the Miami Dolphins. That, what if, I mean, it could, we talked, we joked about this on the podcast, but like it could be the top overall pick. Um, Moving along from that timeline. And your second pick is going to the Miami Dolphins. Right. Yeah. Then he franchise tagged Jadavin Clowney and traded him while also paying like three quarters of his salary to Seattle for a third round pick. Uh, a notable move last year that sort of flew under the radar right after the Clowney thing. He had signed Aaron Colvin to a $34 million contract and cut him after, uh, after he'd signed him in the offseason in 2018 and cut him after one week in 2019. Uh, that was an insane move that only a guy who is both the coach and GM would make. He traded DeAndre Hopkins, as noted on this emergency podcast. Wait a second. Or- but here's the thing about that DeAndre Hopkins trade that we sometimes, we forget the, the timeline. So we see the news because everything's going crazy over the, over the spring. Oh, the Texans are going to trade for David Johnson. Okay. Let's see what the terms are. This may not be terrible. They need help at running back. Uh, they'll have DeAndre. Oh my God. They traded DeAndre Hopkins for David. So I was, think, I think they were like, what? This is a terrible deal. They're paying a salary. And then they're like, and by the way, they added in DeAndre Hopkins. We're like what? <laughs> like what? So right. He doubled down on, on, uh, you know, he, uh, he also gave Larry Mutonsel with no agent a contract $5 million above the ceiling of left tackles on the market. Am I, what else am I missing? But we're real quick. The Texans knew the DeAndre Hopkins trade was craptastic because of the way they leaked it. Like Ryan said, the <laughs> David Johnson news came out about 20 minutes before, and everybody's like, well, what did the Texans get? You know, like if they gave a fourth-round pick for David Johnson, they could end right. up winning this trade. Right. And all of a sudden, DeAndre Hopkins is leaked like a half hour later. I mean, it yeah. was just insane that it took that long for all that entire trade to be tied together. Uh, cause they knew that they got bent over on that trade and Bill O'Brien didn't care. Um, and I'm trying to think what other moves that he made. I mean, is that all? Is that it? Is there, is there more? Is I'm it sure worse? It uh, there's something else that he did that I'm forgetting, but I mean, they gave a monstrous contract to Brock Osweiler and we can put that on the old GM, but that GM is not doing that unless the head, it's a quarterback, you know, unless the head coach signs off on that move, you're not giving Brock Osweiler that kind of money. Uh, so I, you know, that wasn't a great move because then they basically gave away Brock Osweiler to the Cleveland Browns. They, just so the Browns would pick up the salary cap space. Like, so the Browns would pay. So it's just insane. It's literally insane what they've done since O'Brien's been coach. And to break it down further, because I just Googled uh, Bill O'Brien bad moves, and there's probably 45 articles that popped up immediately. <laughs> um, SB Nation wrote about this in May after the trade we just talked about. Uh, 
part of the issue that made Texans fans really angry was that they did not get a first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And, sure. uh, there was, uh, this tweet by NFL update. Wide receivers traded for a first round pick. Percy Harvins, Roy Williams, Joy, Joey Galloway, Peerless Price, Keyshawn Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks again. Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham, Randy Moss, and not DeAndre Hopkins. Stephon so, Diggs in the same offseason as DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And that came later, I think. And it was just more of a slam dunk. Cue the music for Bill, Bill O'Brien as, as the GM. <laughs> and you mentioned Javion Clowney. They only got a third rounder for him in exchange to Texans Scott, a 2023rd round pick. Linebackers, <laughs> Markavius, Mingo, and Jacob, uh, Martin. And, and remember too that, um, D Ford and Frank oh Clark. God had both fetched either first or high second round picks on the open market as franchise tag pass rushers. And Clowney, you can't get a third round pick. You get a third round pick for him. It was like every deal that Bill O'Brien made as a one. GM. What's that? I forgot about this one. And I love Duke Johnson. The Texans gave up a third round pick for Duke Johnson. Oh my God. And an offensive lineman for Carlos Hyde. I mean, every move they made. They gave was, a second, they gave up a second round pick for Brandon Cooks. Yeah. No, they <laughs> traded DeAndre Hopkins. Got a second round pick back oh my along with David Johnson and then flipped that second round pick for Brandon Cooks. So you basically traded DeAndre Hopkins for Brandon Cooks and David Johnson. And I would say that it was never more evident if you're a Texans fan or Cal McNair than watching that game against the Vikings. They, the play calling was abysmal from Bill O'Brien. He ran David Johnson into the middle of the line. It's very clear David Johnson just doesn't have the same burst he used to. And they were running these, these offensive, these pass plays where it's like long developing routes for Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks and DeAndre Hopkins was actually protected. I mean, excuse me, Deshaun Watson was actually protected, but then would hold the ball or, you know, wouldn't trust it. And the Vikings just played a basic zone. He got outcoached and outmaneuvered at every level. And, and by the way, this is a weird one. So we're recording this at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern. In roughly 30 or 45 minutes, Bill O'Brien will be made available via Zoom call. When was the last time you saw that happen? I can tell you exactly when Hugh Jackson. Remember when Hugh Jackson went on the I have to clear my name tour after he got fired? No, 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 but this is the a Texan Zoom call. Ron Rivera <laughs> did it with the Panthers. It's a little different because he had been there for so long. But that's, maybe yeah. that's just a new thing. I don't know. That is a little – here's one an interesting tweet from Mike Silver uh, from NFL Media. Last night, Bill O'Brien told me he thought he would be fired. I don't think he met Monday, but here we are. So that's interesting to see what Bill O'Brien's mindset was right now. I think of going to the playoffs in four of the past five seasons and knowing you were almost certainly going to start at least one and three, if not zero oh and four, because uh, nobody knew the Vikings were going to be this bad. And this is where you are. So it, it is, it, to me, it's just crazy. Here's a fun fact real quick. So he got fired. He got hired in 2014. Since he was hired, the Houston Texans are the only team in the AFC South that has not made it to the AFC championship game. But they did go to the playoffs, as you pointed out. By the way, I don't know if he said, Brinson, um, Romeo Cornell is the interim coach. I don't know if he said that yet, but he yes, is. He is the interim head coach. Or right. is like um, and as soon as he steps on the field this Sunday, he's going to set the NFL record for the oldest head coach ever in an NFL game. Wait. He's 73. That's not the oldest. There's no way. Like, Marv Levy was ancient, 72. Marv, oh, Marv Levy was you. 72. George Hollis was 72. Look at you. All right, well done. Thought I had you there, Breach. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the future of the Texans' head coaching position. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, 
The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars, Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, so, I mean, again, there's still a little, I mean, Romeo Cornell, the interim. Here's the thing that I think makes this really fascinating. On one hand, this job features a recently signed Deshaun Watson, who inked a long-term contract extension. Deshaun Watson is probably in your top four of guys of young quarterbacks you would draft, maybe behind Mahomes, Lamar, Joe Burrow. There it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tyler's, look, look, if you're starting a franchise, there is no doubt that Deshaun Watson is one of the top five guys that you want. All right. That's on the, that's on the one tiny baby hand. What's on the big under the giant hand? You don't have a first or second round pick. You just got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. You can't rebuild uh, your roster. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You have $255 million in cash being spent on this team that is currently 0-4. I mean, it's... There's no quick fix. There's no quick fix. You can be good. I mean, you know J.D. Watt is a Hall of Famer, but he is... He's 32 now, maybe? I'm just saying, he's yeah, he's he's older. Here's the funny thing, because I was worried this offseason about the things we're talking about now with the L.A. Rams, because they have no draft picks, no salary cap space, and yet they continue to sign people to huge deals. But they have Sean McVay and Les Snead, the coach and GM, who work well together and are clearly good at finding talent. And Jerry Goff seems to be playing better this year under a head coach whom he seems to appreciate and most people consider to be really good at his job. Now, the Texans don't have draft picks. They, uh, I think they have salary cap issues, as you pointed out. They now no longer have a coach, and when they did have the coach, he butted heads with the players or traded away those players that were really good. I think they're in much worse shape than the Rams. The only upside is they don't play in the NFC West. Yeah, and you look at the the Texans' salary cap space for 2021. This is the estimation from uh, overthecap.com. As of right now, there's $6 million over the salary cap. So not only do they have to try and rebuild a roster with zero draft picks, but they've also got to trim somewhere because they have to get under the salary cap. So this is just a total disaster. And the only selling point is really Deshaun Watson. So it, it does seem like if you're bringing it, when you bring in that new coach, it's got to be an offensive minded coach, which, you know, obviously is the trend right now, but you have to because you don't have any other choice. It's Deshaun Watson is your franchise and you need a coach that is going to mesh with him. Uh, like Sean McBay, you know, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's got to be something like that. Well, I mean, let's real quick. I do want to point out that, like the again, the GM and coach thing. He feuded. He and DeAndre Hopkins did not see eye to eye. Correct. You know. Yeah, like he, that's why he's in Arizona. And DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to play for Arizona until he got more money too. They paid him. But I think the thing is with Hopkins, uh, O'Brien allowed his relationship with Hopkins as a coach and as a GM to become clouded. The one thing that Bill Belichick just doesn't do is that. Yeah, that is. At, but and speaking of uh, old Billy, I think that's where the Houston Texans might look to hire a coach. Because oh, oh yeah, we got to talk about this. By the way, the fact that the the preacher for the Patriots is now going to rebuild the Texans organization. Um, I breached pointing this out to us earlier in the day, but our buddy Steph Stradley is irate about how this is going. Jack Easter, Jack's name, right? Jack Easterby. Yes. Yeah. And Steph is a very level-headed Texas fan. She's, she was with me in Princeton fan house back in the, in the aughts, as they say. Um, but she is 
unhappy with the development of Jack Easterby, whose resume I was just reading because uh, she was she was saying how it doesn't qualify him to be a a GM, uh, and he's somehow gone there to evaluate uh, the 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 structure of the the org chart, and now he ends. Up, it's like when, um, God, who was the vice president under George Bush? The last George Bush, what's his name? Dan Quayle. No, the second, the younger George Bush. You know, Dick the, Cheney. Dick Cheney. So Dick yeah. Cheney was hired to find a vice president uh, during that during the two thousand lead up two thousand election. And at the end of the day, he's like, you know what? I would be the best vice president. And that sort of feels like what Easterby's done here. <laughs> he was brought in to, to find uh, the right fit. And you sort of read through his resume, and it's sort of funny on the on the Houston Texans website. There's still mention of what he and and Bill O'Brien were able to accomplish together. They might want to get that off, off of there. But Steph's concern was that he's not qualified to do this job. Uh, other than some sort of some, you know, managerial buzzwords. And I don't know if that's going to fix what's going on. There. Well, and, and part of that is you look at Easterby. He was literally on the job for like two months before he almost got in trouble because he was trying to recruit Nick Casario. Uh, Nick Casario is with the Patriots. He's in their front office right now. Easterby went to the team Super Bowl ring ceremony in June 2019 and was trying to hire Casario to be the Texans general manager. And NFL had to investigate tampering charges. That turned into a whole entire thing. And if that's your first, like, official or, I guess, unofficial capacity role is, oh, I'm going to show up at the Patriots silvering party in front of Belichick. Uh, I'm going to try and recruit one of his top men away from him, uh, right in front of him, while we're getting these Super Bowl rings and hope he doesn't notice. Like, are you kidding me? That, that, that just screams ignorance and i don't know that i want someone like that running my franchise now you're going to give that guy the power to hire your next head coach and and basically handle the future of your organization seems a little crazy does it scream ignorance does it scream uh, i gotta keep my eye on this guy because i'm not sure what he's up to let me ask you a question i I saw that i I just asked you a question what did you ask i think that walking into the the lion's den and you know, punching the lion in the stomach, trying to steal a cub, <laughs> trying to steal the lion cub is ignorance. Okay. So I saw that, uh, Chris Long tweet this and I don't, I didn't know this, but, uh, Easter B is buddies, obviously with people from the Patriots organization. Also apparently friends with this guy who coaches down in South Carolina goes by the name of, uh, Dabo Sweeney. how do you say it? Breach? You said it wrong the other day. Dabo, Dabo no, no. Sweeney. Dabo. Dabo Sweeney, who some people might know is uh, Deshaun Watson's college coach. Now, I don't think Dabo would leave Clemson. Dabo's making $9 million a year, and he is the king of the state of South Carolina. Why in God's name would he go to Tech to, to Houston with an organization? He has no salary cap right now, and he has the best recruiters in the country. Sure. They have another five-star quarterback just waiting. That's bigger than stronger than Trevor Lawrence. Under no circumstances, I think Nick Saban would say to him, hey, man, uh, I would ask you to go watch that 2006 tape of me at Miami with the Dolphins and then decide if you want to go coach. In I know, but like every coach wants to win at the NFL level at some at some point. I think so. I, I agree with that. But every, I, I mean, like, whether they're competitive, if, if, if you're a football coach, you have to believe that you can go win a Super Bowl. And this is how often do you get to coach? I mean, look, it's a little bit like Jim Harbaugh and the Colts, maybe, in the sense that it was too easy to connect. Was that it? Or was there somewhere else? Somebody else is going to. He didn't go to the Colts. What, what do you mean? I'm saying, like, when th- there's an opening, like, there's an opening for a quarterback. We don't see potential Hall of Fame quarterbacks drafted by a team, play for three or four years, 
And they typically see like the coach get fired and have an opening. Like it's just, there's just not, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Like back. Well, then I mean, if I'm Dabo, I just wait there, out there Pete Carroll. Yeah. That's what you wanted to hear. If I wait out Pete Carroll, he's not coaching for more than five more years. He's 69. That would bring up to 74. Uh, Sweeney will be 55. Boom. You go to Seahawks, you coach Russell Wilson. In, in five years? Russell will be yeah. 38. Yeah. I'm talking about a coach in his prime. Like, I mean, a quarterback in his prime. Like, Desha- he, what about that? I would love Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's in his prime. This is but probably the rest your of the only. Team isn't good. Like, when the, did it's, it's uh, a big risk? When did Jerry run off Jimmy Johnson? Because Troy was in his prime. I would imagine when he got fired after winning all the Super Bowls, they yeah. get get fired for different reasons. But that's the only sort of example that comes to mind immediately. Um, yeah, I mean, look, like, if if Dabo wanted to take the job, he'd get a ten year deal. I mean, like you. Here's the thing. Here's the first name that's going to be on the list, due to in part to the way things went Josh last Daniels. year. No, uh, Eric Bieniemy. I think he will be probably the first name yeah. on the list, just because um, he got hosed. Who's who got the job last year that people were winching about that? Adam not Gase. <laughs> Adam Gase. That's right. That's what he did get last year. But Adam Gase has a job. Eric Bieniemy doesn't. It's usually the the talking point. So I think. Well, we, we, next- you know, we did we did that uh, fantasy football today Twitch uh, show with me and Asia, and we were talking with Damian Williams, who's it's pretty cool to be on there, like. Um, and he was just saying how Bienemy is just a genius. Like, and he's like, he's, and he, he agreed. He's like, if he was a white former quarterback coaching for Andy Reid, he would definitely have a job. Um, I, Bienemy has to be on the list. McDaniels and Casario obviously have to be on the list. I really don't think you can rule out Dabo entirely. I think that you can also see the Texans call Greg Roman. You have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, what he's done with Lamar Jackson. I think that would be interesting. I think, uh, who's the Bills offense corner? Brian, Brian Dable. So wait a second. No, you're right. So Jack Easterby, is, is he going to be named GM? Is that, or is he still the executive vice president? I think he will hire a GM and a coach. Oh, so Steph is, what is she angry about? And I thought she was angry about him being GM because, because she is angry because they're letting the preacher from the Patriots rebuild the entire Texans organization. Gotcha. Okay, because I think Casario would be an obvious choice for general manager based on what Breach has told us about the last time those two tried to get together and also because he's well-respected. Um, but we've seen the can you rebuild the Patriots somewhere outside of New England storyline before, and it never it never works. Well, that's what it looked like Bill O'Brien was trying to do. That's why right. you're general manager and head coach. Bill Belichick's the only other person that's doing that as the general manager and head coach successfully. So, you know what? It's funny you say that, Breach, because Scott Pioli said yesterday on HQ before we knew about um, Bill O'Brien losing his job, he was talking about the Texans playing poorly. He said uh, Belichick doesn't do it all. I mean, it looks like that, but there are five or six or seven or ten people, however many people, making decisions uh, sort of together and coming to a consensus. And you don't get the sense that that's what Bill O'Brien's doing. You get the sense Bill O'Brien was those seven, eight, or nine or ten people. Right. They were all Bill O'Brien. He has, like, cardboard cutouts like you see in the stands, but they're all Bill <laughs> O'Brien around the conference table. Great idea, Bill. Offense coordinator, Bill. I like the game plan. General manager, Bill. Bill great move. I mean, I think it, taking the <laughs> taking the taking the job as GM is tough, man. Like who? Not for Nick Casario. He'll get a five year deal. And, well, that's the thing is, if you can convince Josh McDaniels and Nick Casario to come and be a package, yeah, yeah, and that, uh, that's possible. It's not a bad job unless you know it's it's not easy working for Jack Easterby. No one has any idea. Like what, what that would be like. I don't know the man. I, I didn't know what he looked like until I just saw his picture on the website. But he looks like the type of guy who would get hired by a football team, maneuver his way into a position of power, and then f- get fired the guy who hired him. 
while they're all, all while wearing like a smock, <laughs> a smocked collar. <laughs> like, I, yes, Jesus is one. You know, like, like, you're like, did you just, did you just Game of Thrones, Bill O'Brien, while, while holding of, a Bible? Uh, that is, that is impressive, little finger. Straight out of Central Casting, as they say. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I just, man, I don't know. I, I just think. Look, and, and by this the way, is not, this is not a bad job. Yes, the salary cap's an issue, but we talked about it. you have to Sean Watson. You have a fan base that's really excited about it. But so who got hired last year? So Joe Judge is in a much worse situation with the Giants. Sure. Uh, who else got hired last year? I can't even remember. I'm, my brain's fried. McCarthy. Eesh. I, I, I might rather have the Texas job just because there's less pressure. Kevin Stefanski. He's doing better. He's, he's, I mean, on Brown, paper, I mean, like, basically you could lose five games in a row and be fired midseason for all we know. Right. That, that job came with a lot of concerns and he's doing well right now. I, mean, I, think, I think here's, look, here's what clearly happened. Ron Rivera. Brian, Ron Rivera is Matt two, Rule. Matt Rule. Six year deal. All these yeah, guys got long. Right. Exactly. But here's clearly what happened with the Texans is that Bill O'Brien managed to make a lot of players mad. Jack Easterby got the sense of it. Easterby doesn't want to be fired too. So Easterby sort of not, not, like cozied up to Cal McNair, convinced him that he's the guy who, you know, really got the leadership going in New England or something like that. And he has now been turned into the football czar in Houston. And I, I would bet that like Bill O'Brien just sort of, I sort of wonder now, like, did he, were the moves he made this summer and some of the moves he made, did he think the heat was on him? Was it, did he know that the heat was on? To go back to the Game of Thrones reference, you got the sense. And this sort of points to what you're talking about over the summer. He, you got the sense that he knew he was running out of allies. So he's scrambling to try to make something, anything work to buy more time. And, you know, trade, like, trading David, DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and Brandon Cooks is the sort of crazy thing somebody who's all tilting does. That, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's reeks of desperation. Right. It's like, I know I'll reinvent the office. Well, and that's what, you know, Mike Silver was saying yesterday. Talk to Bill O'Brien. He said he thought he was going to be fired eventually. And I think he kind of read the writing on the wall. And, but that's what happens when you torpedo the organization. If he had started 4-0, then, you know, you walk into the owner's office, you say, Hey, look, my decisions were crazy, but they yeah. all worked. But if you make crazy decisions, they don't work. You're gone. Like there's no other option. I, I just, I, I didn't think he would get fired because I didn't think that there was anybody to fire him. Right. No, that was the fair concern. You also had this, the pandemic theory. theory. Yeah. That pandemic theory, which I thought was sort of nuts, but <laughs> you can mark that one off. Well, yeah. I, and well, now, and I would say too that now that pandemic theory is really out the window. Like now it's floodgates. Oh, yeah. Well, this is bad news for Matt Patricia. Brandon, and, I and bet, like Gates. that's 100% true because now yeah. if you're the Jets owner, you're like, all right, now I don't feel so dumb firing Gates or guilty or bad. Like yeah. you can kick anyone to the curb at this yeah, point. Yeah. I mean, these coaches still get paid. Like but now it's like, all right, like we, well, plus you're like, well, they, they might be looking for candidates. We got Greg Williams. Like we need to figure out, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You could definitely see it. We haven't, we haven't said this, but clearly it sucks losing your job and no one wants Bill O'Brien to get fired, but he didn't do a good job and that's why we're having this conversation. But I think, um, perhaps more than Adam Gaze or Matt Patricia, for example, who will probably end up going back to be offensive defense coordinators in the NFL. Um, Bill O'Brien could go to, to, to uh, back to college. Debo, how did you like him in Penn State? He was, he was, uh, a very welcome addition at a, at a pretty difficult time. Yeah. Um, that was my, uh, my, my sophomore year. He was named the head coach. You know, they didn't have the best records. They were like seven and six and eight and five or six and six. He did what he was needed, needed to do. And then the NFL is just a different, it's a different beast and you're not asked to be kind of, and what he didn't like doing at Penn State was kind of being the rep and being the, the spokesperson for the entire school. 
but he also wasn't that good at doing multiple jobs in Houston either. Yeah, he actually his you know his persona may actually fit college better, where you can yell and scream at kids and and to get them to respond, whereas grown men typically don't respond as well to being yelled and screamed at. And I don't mean you know belittling kids or whatever we were calling them, bullying them, but just like coaching them. So maybe that fits his his profile better than what he was unable to do with the NFL. Yeah, and real quick, O'Brien's contract was supposed to run through 2022. So I'm pretty sure all NFL coaching contracts are guaranteed. So he's paid through two more years. Mm. He, he can just sit and chill and wait for a new job. I do wonder if this hurts his chances as OC, though, because he his offense did not look good. Like, he was great as a quarterback's coach with Tom Brady and so on and so forth. But I wonder either if he has to go back to coaching or has to, like, go a couple steps down, like the offensive a QB coach or something. I would, I mean, I would almost guess that he ends up back in New England. I mean, that could happen too. I mean, he could be one of the whatever. Who's the OC in New England? I don't even know who. It, oh, it's Josh. Josh McDaniels. Well, oh, if he goes yeah. to Houston, you right. just trade. Then you bring O'Brien to New England. Um, yeah. Look, this is a hot mess. You fire a GM, let the coach make a ton of trades. This is like when he, when Al Davis died, and Hugh Jackson just did whatever he wants, and except that, there was no like there was no. Actually, I was gonna say those teams won a little bit with Carson, but if it's eight and eight missed the playoffs. These teams won too, though, until this year. So I can't hold that against Bill O'Brien. Yeah. All right. Well, Bill O'Brien out as Texans head coach. Make sure and check back in. Uh, we'll have Brady Quinn on the Brady Quinn Football Show coming up Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure Brady will have some hot takes about that. And, of course, we'll recap Monday Night Football. Uh, tons of content coming to you in the podcast feed. Uh, we're going to keep Ryan up till 2 a.m., baby. 9 a.m., 9 p.m. kickoff. Can't wait to talk to you. Later. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.